is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. I'm right. Well, I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. Good night, Mr. Wenzel. Good night. Gentlemen, this is the Buckle Save Manifest. All right, everybody, recording live from a Smog Fest. It's World Champion Podcast. Woo! All right. All right, I expected more applause. Yeah, it's for a live audience, it was a little underwhelming, but we are here at the end zone on the old abandoned football stadium. Former home of the Smogville Black Lungs. Cold Tide! Oh, this is so exciting. This is the first annual Smog Fest. We are doing our first ever live episode. That's right. This is great. I'm so glad you were able to get tickets. I heard they sold out eventually. Yeah, they did go on sale about six months ago, but we got, you know, we are here at the finish line, no pun intended. Yeah, now I, when I got here, I saw a lot of empty seats, but then they just moved the seats and said, mm-hmm. sold out. Mm-hmm. That's right. Remove the seats. Everyone's sitting about on the 10-yard line a little little ways away. This is a really high uh, uh, dais that we're on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of cool, but really looking down, like, I don't know, where, where's Peyton Manning hoisting up a trophy? Right. <laughs> Am I right? We deserve no less, though. Yeah. But here we are, World Champion Podcast. I am Sean. I am Brighton. We are two gentlemen who signed a lucrative contract with the mysterious Senor Oro del Burro. Now we have the pleasure of recording the greatest, greatest podcast world. Bing, bing bong, just because it's live, you take your time, be calm, don't get worked up. We talk about anything and everything we feel like, forgotten corners of pop culture and other mysteries of the world. We talk good, we talk true. Basically, it's just a big fever dream in your ears. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, well, this is so exciting. We we thought we'd break from the format. Mm-hmm. I know. The <laughs> finish line. Again, the finish line. Another pun about sports. We are here at the, the end zone, and we have finished the trilogy, the movie month trilogy, Stephen King month, Harrison Ford month, and then the second annual Star Wars month. Yeah, it's perfect. So now this is sort of uh, a neutral zone episode. Mm-hmm. We are going to clear the palette. We're not. We might talk about movies. It depends. It depends yeah. on you out there. Yes, that's right. Thank All you. right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, woo. Yeah. Thanks. That is exciting. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I mean, I, I don't know. Do we have any any business to get to? Well, I did. I was curious last week. I was thinking about this, where Senior Oro Del Burro gets all his money. He's a powerful businessman. He's He runs the the upper part of Smogville, the Cloud District. But, I mean, to be that powerful, what, what does he actually do as a businessman? So I was kind of looking into it. Did you find anything? I've, I've heard conflicting things. I've heard he made his fortune in event planning. Mm-hmm. I've heard he made it in uh, garment manufacturing. Right. I, I'd heard these kind of rumors myself, but I sort of basically got on this old bike I found, this old mountain bike, kind of rolled around town. And uh, Cole tied. <laughs> and, uh, oh, boy. Sorry. I just had to throw that out there again. In the football stadium, very excited. Woo! Um, and I did notice that uh, there's a lot of gold around some of the smokestacks and some of the coal like processing facilities. Do you think maybe that he's the only one who noticed the gold? Yes. And harvested the gold? That's right. Everyone was so busy 
<laughs> mining coal that they were just throwing the gold out. They found the they found the gold, just tossed it aside because they wanted to get that it gold. It was in the way. That coal, I mean. That sweet, sweet coal. Sweet, sweet coal. Um, wow, that's v- really interesting. We're going to have to look into this further. Right. So there's been some hints, but I mean, he is a very rich man. Very rich and very mysterious. Very mysterious. Because I was, I was supposed to have my uh, my annual or my weekly one-on-one with him. Mm-hmm. You know, going to his office. We just kind of, you know, talk about upcoming tasks and projects. Right. And, and I just, uh, there was kind of a, a sort of flashing greenish glow coming from his door. Oh. I just started cackling. Hmm. So I assumed he was just watching a, a movie of some cackling. kind. But... Well, uh, I'm, I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt and assume it was good-natured cackling. Yeah. And not maniacal laughter. Yeah, I can't really... It's hard to judge cackling through a door. That's true. That's Is true. it good-natured cackling or maniacal cackling? Right. It's, it's, it's bad form to judge cackling through a door. You know, one of the oldest sayings in Smogville. Yeah, I, I saw it on a fortune cookie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fortune cookies here, are just they're just regular cookies, and they usually have newsprint inside of them. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while it says something. Yeah. But I, I think it might be coincidental. I've even had a, a TV's It situation where there'll be an eyeball inside my, my fortune cookie or a scorpion, stuff yeah, like that. It's, so it's, it's kind of <laughs> – you're rolling the dice when you eat out here. Cold time. <laughs> well, anyway, this, this is the Fan Fest. It's Smog Fest. It's all about you out there in the audience. We're just going to take your questions. Right. And uh, there's already a line forming, so, so uh, there all you right. go. Yeah, first orphan. You're going to have to speak up? Yeah, speak up a bit. Hmm. Okay, so he, he asks us about the 1987 animated G.I. Joe movie. Oh, wow. Now, I would love to talk about that in detail, but movie trilogy months just ended. That's true. Also, if we could ever get a hold of, of some of our old friends. Yeah, we've got some G.I. Joe experts amongst our friends. I'd really like the four of us old friends to talk about it at some point. Okay, but it's kind of it's kind of hard. I mean, as a huge GI Joe fan as a kid, the the idea of a two hour movie introducing a bunch of new characters, mm-hmm. a bunch of crazy new things, I watched it probably a hundred times. Really, I still remember what commercials were on my VHS tape, taping it off WGN, which was part of my cable package as a child. You had cable? Yeah. Oh man, oh, yeah. so did I. <laughs> Living the good life. Nice. So, uh, but. It's kind of cool for the first half, and eventually it's just weird and makes me very uncomfortable. Wow. Okay. I I literally don't remember the G.I. Joe movie. I, I was a Transformers movie kind of kid. Like that, I saw that a bunch. But the G.I. Joe movie, I do not even remember. It has a whiz-bang opening credits with a really crazy song, and uh, it's basically like a commercial for G.I. Joe where they pack in every vehicle and every character, mm-hmm. and they're like parachuting. I think... I think Duke parachutes out of a parachute. <laughs> and, and I believe they are defending the Statue of Liberty from an attack. Like the, they're, someone's trying to literally blow up the Statue of Liberty? Yeah, and then G.I. Joe shows up and just starts flying around shooting blue lasers. Then we, we get kind of another action scene, and, and we introduce some new recruits, which uh, as, a, as a big believer in what is canon and what isn't in right. the G.I. Joe-verse... Right. My understanding of G.I. Joe is that they recruit the best of the best from all branches of military mm-hmm. and civilian life. Right. But for some reason in this one, they've got five new complete fuck-ups <laughs> on the team. Okay. Now, G.I. Joe is supposed to be the most elite, and it's like, oh, here's a bunch of bumbling schmucks yakety-saxing all over the place. That does seem strange. Yeah, I think you get Jinx, who's a ninja. 
Okay. Yep. Well, first of all, if you're a ninja named Jinx, like that doesn't that doesn't give you a lot of hope. That's a bad That's, sign. Yeah, it's like a, it's not like expert or, or like master assassin. Jinx. It's like, like and then and the the friend Klutz, the other ninja. You Klutz know. and then yeah, just buffoon. Buffoon. Bad luck buffoon. Bad luck buffoon. My favorite GI Joe member. Yeah. The, the, when when you can't get Snake Eyes or any of the other ninjas, you send in Jinx, Bad Luck Buffoon, and Klutz. <laughs> okay, who who else is amongst the new recruits? You have Don Johnson as the voice of Green Beret Lieutenant Falcon. Oh. Who, as a lieutenant, is really higher ranking than almost anyone else in G.I. Joe. But he's a new recruit, and it turns out he is Duke's half-brother. What What's Duke's rank? Duke is a sergeant, but he's the leader. Okay. He's the field leader. General Hawk is the overall leader. Okay, how does GI Joe relate to the military? Are they, are they like are they like shield? Are they doing their own thing? Depending on which version, yeah, they're kind of doing their own thing. They have a secret base. Only a few government people even know about. But they're them. funded by the government. Yeah, they are a government organization, but they're like like the Mission Impossible team. They're okay. They're not official. Right. Uh, in some versions, they actually have to fake their own deaths to join. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. And they're the best. So so and and that's why the ranking is kind of weird. That's why a sergeant could outrank a lieutenant cuz in GI Joe that stuff doesn't matter. And that's why there's marines and and navy guys okay. and spacemen and athlete, <laughs> athlete professional athletes. <laughs> well, I think that's fitting that we are recording in a football stadium. Yeah. I am for it uh, as you, of today. You get Chuckles who I love Chuckles. I love Chuckles because he shows up for work in his Hawaiian shirt. Right, his, his job in the army in a Hawaiian shirt. No, but but going to the it, do you consider the GI Joe comics canon? Because Chuckles has one of the best arcs. Oh yeah, in, the in, recent mo- stuff. in modern day GI Joe comics. Oh, in in all of comics, I'd say. God, that was that, I loved that Chuckles arc, and yeah. and when I first heard that's who the that's who they were focusing on, I was like, really, the guy in the Hawaiian shirt, huh? You told me once as a kid that you had his figure, and who did you think it was? Uh, I don't know. You told me you thought it was Duke on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a pretty good guess, I would say. I would say that's pretty damn close to what he, what he is, um, or what he looks like. Yeah, I should say. No, it's absolutely what he looks like. You get a military police officer, Law, and his dog, Order. Oh wait a minute! They were kind of new toys. I I like. I thought that was a cool toy. Is there? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I'm thinking of who had the dog. There was a bunch of the Mutt had a dog, Snake Eyes had a dog, and Law and Order had a dog. Well, Law had a dog named Order. Well, wasn't there who who had the like f- the football jersey that was cut off? Was that who was on? There was one guy on GI Joe that was wore one of the cut off football jerseys. I well, swear. Well, there's there's a couple. There's <laughs> Chicago Bear Fred the Refrigerator Perry. That's who I'm thinking of. It's the it's the fridge, and right? The other guy, uh, Bazooka, wore uh, like a Patriots jersey. Was it cut off though, like belly shirt? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. No, Fridges was a belly shirt. The fr- I'm thinking of Fridge. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, you get Tunnel Rat, who's uh, an EOD specialist. That sounds more along the lines of GI Joe. And then uh, a basketball player <laughs> named Big Lob, <laughs> who's who showed up for work in his basketball uniform. Wow, this is in the movie. Yeah. Okay. The Big Lob, the basketball player, who's a tall guy in shorts and a tank top, so with, with tall socks. So if you are in this elite strategic team and you're like, okay, we're going into a life and death situation, we are going to have to go into war. It's going to be combat. Who do we need? And then someone says, man, 
I really like basketball. We need a basketball player. No, a football player. Are you crazy? They have all three. They have a baseball player too. Oh, good. And so, but here's the thing: what if there's a bomb, and you need to throw it into a pipe or something, and that pipe yeah. is ten feet high? That's <laughs> that's, that's true. That's what, that's what big lob is very for. very str- like specific requirement. But yeah. Okay, I, I I can dig it. Or what if you have a grenade and you need to throw it uh, about ninety feet? That's when you need a center fielder with a okay, cannon. Okay, okay, that's all right. Well, I I stand corrected. So I I don't want to go through the whole thing. Cause right, I, I want to do that more in depth later. But basically, because of toxic spores from a nether realm ruled by snake people and bug people and bat people. Oh wow! So this is getting crazy. Cobra Commander over the course of the film, transforms from a man into a snake man into a snake, into an actual just slithering around snake. So this is like Thulsa Doom from Conan. Yeah. Where he's an actual snake. He becomes an actual snake. Is this is this in continuity? Like, is this post-Cobra Law? Like, this is they... Cobra Law. Oh, it is Cobra so Law. Cobra Law is ruled by a guy with a snake body and a human torso who floats around in a giant booger. <laughs> Well, we have to get to this later then. And he has a bat, and then he has some sort of femme fatale, and then a bunch of mosquito monsters. This sounds incredible. And at the end, Duke uh, Serpentor pulls a, a snake off of his uniform, where it turns into a living snake, where it then stiffens and turns into a spear, and he throws it through Duke's chest. This is, this is ripping a lot of Conan stuff off. In in the first Conan the Barbarian, Thulsa Doom takes a snake and pulls it straight and then shoots it as an arrow. Oh, this is crazy. This is exactly <laughs> Conan the Barbarian then. <laughs> well, I mean, it, but I mean, it's it's it was a time for that. We talked about Masters of the Universe a few weeks ago. It was like, let's just take everything that's awesome in one thing. Because like, it makes sense you would have a basketball player and a football player and a baseball player because like, that's awesome too. Yeah, what do kids... It's fun. What do kids like, man? Yeah. 19, everything. It's, it's 1987. We like everything. I know. So, I mean, I'm all for it. And I mean... I don't see a problem with a film that has a basketball player, secret soldier in it, and a guy making a spear out of a snake. And I didn't even mention that there's a professional wrestler in it. <laughs> oh, good. Sergeant Slaughter oh, that... makes his debut here. All these characters debuted in the the movie? I must have seen it. And I think they might, they might have been toys first, but okay. this was kind of introducing all these new characters. And then Slaughter's Marauders. One of Slaughter's Marauders hawks a loogie on a scorpion. What's more <laughs> okay. badass than that? We're going to have okay, to watch okay, it and, yeah. go, and go we, into we got to put this on hold. Let's, let's get to another question. Uh, all right. Uh, next up. Speak, you're going to have to speak up. You're going to speak up. Huh. Okay. okay. It says something spooky, ooky, ooky spooky. Or maybe that TV show you were supposed to be in. Well, we are in that TV show. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be. It's a done deal, baby. It's it's in the can. It's over the airwaves. Yeah, it's 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 been aired where? England and Canada. And Canada and uh, Sweden, I believe. Sweden. So this show, we talked about it uh, a while ago. We, we had a, an amazing uh, adventure filming a, uh, I don't want to call it a reality show, but I guess that's what it is. A, do- a docu-series. I don't know what you'd call it. Yeah, a, a docu- I'm going to call it a docu-series. <laughs> okay. And uh, the premise is that correspondents go out to different corners of the country and investigate certain paranormal things. We were on an episode, which is called Aliens. It's episode two. It's called Aliens? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I Google this every day. The show, <laughs> the show is called Breaking Mysterious, mm-hmm. and it airs on History Channel or H2 or whatever your version is. I know we have a couple dozen listeners in the UK, 
So I'd love it if you could track it down and let us know how it is. Or yes. Canada, if we have listeners in Canada. Maybe those couple dozen listeners in the UK are new after seeing the program. Okay, wow. Um, and here's something current is uh, basically Karamo Brown came to us here in the, well, at the time it was the Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically talked to us and he helped facilitate meetings with various experts on UFOs as we investigated a mysterious black site in the desert. Karamo Brown, currently big star on Queer Eye, the new version. Mm-hmm. So he's, uh, you know, he won't even remember us when, now that he's at the top. He's a, he's a big deal. We were a valuable stepping stone. Absolutely. No, he wouldn't have gotten it without us. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's coming out eventually. We we know we don't really know more than that. Yeah, or or it's, it is out, just not in the U.S. Not in the U.S. For the U.S. On, listeners out there. On the History Channel. I believe for the U.S. it's still going to be called The Unexplained. Mm-hmm. But uh, overseas, well, not overseas or over borders or over Great Lakes, it's called Breaking Mysterious. So try to find that and please. Yeah, let us know how it is. And in fact, if you want to film it with your phone and send us that, don't do that because that's probably illegal. It's way but, illegal, man. Yeah. That's why we're warning you not to do that. Yeah. Um, so let's see. All um, right. You. You're going to have to speak up. Speak up a bit. Okay. Lord of okay. the Rings versus Game of Thrones. Which is better? I'm going to take a different approach. Okay. If Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones went to war. Okay. Now, that's kind of not fair because no one in Game of Thrones can take on Gandalf or Sauron. Yeah, I feel like Sauron is kind of unstoppable. Now, Sauron, I think Sauron is kind of a fair bet if we've got Melisandre and those, those red wizards. We've got wildfire. Well, the problem with this is Sauron only lost because they threw the ring of power into the volcano. You take the ring of power out of the equation, and they're unstoppable, kind of, right? Yeah, so that's that's not really a fair a fair fight. Could the Army of the North, led by Rob Stark, take on the Urukai? Which are Saruman's Saruman's crew? guys, without... With, with a white hand? Yeah. Uh, yes. I Well, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because Rob did not lose because he wasn't a great general. <laughs> yeah, he was betrayed. He, he got, was a great general. He got kind of, he got tricked. Yeah, he never w- lost. He he never did, yeah. The Rurikai are brutal. They're berserkers, but they're not really... Smart. Yeah, they don't really have the tactics down and the strategy. And I mean, the North has a really, like, they have such passion like I feel like a part of the reason they won is because their hearts was was really into that, really into those battles. Yeah, and the Urukai are just kind of mindless slaughter machines. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah, I can't really draw any parallels. There's just not really a, any way to make this work. What do you prefer? What do I prefer? They're, of the two. They're both so different. Lord of the Rings is, uh, well, here's what I like about Lord of the Rings, is that um, all three books were published. <laughs> oh, it has an ending. Yeah, and then there are three oh, movies. Yeah. And yeah, I mean there's a fourth book really if you look if you think of the Hobbit as one, which of course you do. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you. I do prefer stories that have endings. So yeah, I was gonna give it I was gonna give the Lord of the Rings the nod just because it was my something I loved as a child and it yeah. got me into every other nerdy thing that, that has ruined my life. Yeah. And Game of Thrones, I was a a, an adult that could have chosen to do something more productive with my time yeah. and constructive. I also, <laughs> I feel like 
I know, Lord of the Rings. Thanks, Tolkien. I know. He really likes When I was 12, I really didn't need that nudge in that direction. I mean, what if he could go back in time and prevent He-Man from ever being invented? <laughs> right. <laughs> what would we be doing? We'd be doing a podcast about finance. I know. We'd be counting. We'd be like Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. We'd, be count, we'd be diving into our money. But instead, I've got about uh, 500 comic books over here in the, the, the far side of the football stadium. <laughs> yeah. That was nice of you to bring those for for later. Yeah, for, I thought, the, for the readathon. If anyone's, yeah, I mean, it's one of those slumber parties. Well, and then, we're going to let the orphans in to well, have a comic book readathon, and the one that reads the most comics gets a per- personal pizza from Pizza Hut. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's win-win. I feel like the Lord of the Rings World Two is and is a way more fleshed out mm-hmm. and diverse. Like Game of Thrones, there's all these different cultures and kingdoms, but they're all just slight variations of the same one. Yeah, and then there's the, all the weird stuff with the North, or the Beyond the Wall. Um, but you know, Lord of the Rings has so much. It's more, more cohesive. More stuff that like sparks your imagination. It's also more hopeful. It it has like a a, a kind of gentleness to it that I really love. Mm-hmm. It's it, Game of Thrones is just depraved. It's like Wolf of Wall Street or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone's awful. Um, but I mean, Game of Thrones has kind of like friendship is sort of what saves the day in the end. In Lord of the Rings, yeah. yeah so I'm so I'm gonna like just besides it having an ending again, an, an ending is a big plus. And, you know, people remember when Return of the King came to, came out, and people complained that it had too many endings. <laughs> yeah. Well, shut your shut up, diarrhea face. <laughs> yeah, all I'll, right. I'll take ten endings. Yeah, I, I think I, we're fine with it. All right. Uh, cool. Next. All right. Sp- yeah. Speak up. Speak up. Speak up a bit. Oh, another mm. versus question. Okay. Pugs versus bulldogs. Which is the superior smushy face dog? Hmm. Pugs. What kind of bulldog? You talking British bulldog or you talking French bulldog? That's a good question. Um, Cause do you have a follow? Speak up. He he doesn't know the difference. Well, let's see. Well, it just depends on what's less annoying. Do you like constant snorting and snoring, or do you like slobber everywhere? Because yeah. my experience with English bulldogs is an unbelievable amount of of liquid coming out of their mouth and the farting and the farting, the endless farting. farting. There's someone in my neighborhood who pushes a big fat English bulldog around in a stroller, mm. and that's always delightful to see. Okay. Well, I mean, they're good for commercials and they're, they're stuff like that. But as far as dealing with the dog itself, I, I, I lean pug, but I do really like French bulldogs. I think they're very, they're very pretty little dogs. I'm, I'm good friends with both a French bulldog and a pug. So that's kind of a tough one. In fact, both of them, I have a, I know a French bulldog Boston Terrier mix and a pug Boston Terrier mix. Mm-hmm. But do you know what? I, I'm not even going to play this little game. Uh, uh, if you have a Schnauzer mutt, that is the superior dog, and that's the only dog I'm interested in talking about. It's the world champion of is dogs. It's the world champion tugboat, the <laughs> the best dog there is. Yeah, heavenly Schnauzer. Yeah, Schnauzer mutt, half Schnauzer, mini Schnauzer, half mutt, we're not sure. In fact, he's up there in the stands watching us, mm-hmm. and uh, he seems kind of a little upset that we're even talking right. about this. Right, I know, that's why I keep glancing up there, feeling like my cheating heart, you know? Yeah. So you, you, the answer is shut up. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Next question. All right. You're you're, you're gonna have to speak up. A speak bit. up. Hmm. Okay. Killer ice cream and the movie The Stuff. Oh, which is better? Just 
in general the, just discuss this these topics i love the stuff that was one of my teenage favorite movies we quoted it like crazy the stuff is is one of my all-time favorites i love it so i'm not i i'm definitely familiar with the vhs case that i'm seeing here but I'm, i've never seen the movie and i don't know anything about it okay the the stuff is essentially ice cream that when you eat it 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 kind of takes over your mind and melts you on the inside so you're sort of like a drone brainwashed walking blob like on the inside and then you and then you corner other people and then it comes out of your eyes and out of your mouth and it melts you and you get super addicted to it at first. So it god, I love the stuff. If you haven't seen the stuff, watch the stuff. Go go rent it. It's it's fantastic and and it one of the cornerstones of of my childhood. So is it like Maximum Overdrive where ice cream becomes sentient or is it no, like it, from outer space? It start, it's – God, is it from outer space? It's it's very – it's like a mixture of the blob and invasion of the body snatchers. Mm. So these two guys at the very beginning see the stuff bubbling out of the ground. It looks kind of like marshmallow cream and they start eating it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like you do. Yeah. And they love it and then – it starts just and then and then once you've eaten it and you're addicted to it, you want to other people to eat it, and but it takes over your mind. It's very invasion of the body snatchers. But then it's melting you on the inside, and then you kind of melt at one point. Like you're, it'll come out of your mouth or you'll explode, sort of. Oh, yeah, like that's very disturbing. So it's it's and what was the other one? Ice cream? What? Just killer ice cream and and the movie The Stuff. So well, if, if the question is is what's the biggest goddamn thumbs up you could do? I the, like I'm all thumbs over here. I love the stuff. There we go. Well, I could do a full... We should do a movie episode of that sometime. Watch that film. The stuff? Put that on the back burner just like G.I. Joe. Yeah, I yeah. love I, like, I love it. We'll get that on there. Okay. All right. Next question. You're going to have to... Yeah. Please, speak up. Speak up, please. Hmm? Get to the bottom of why does the guy that did Beastmaster look so much like Kevin Bacon? So hmm. Beastmaster is Mark Singer. God, I love Beastmaster too. It's talking about another childhood dream movie. Mark Singer coming soon to a comic convention near you. Really? Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. I'm sure. <laughs> totally. Uh, I know him from V, and I love V I, I, I too, man. I was a big man. fan of V. I, I was a huge v. fan of V, and I was a huge fan of Beastmaster. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Beastmaster, although I've always been aware of it. I've probably seen it just like the stuff, probably twenty times. I feel like as a kid watching cable, it was it was on constantly. Yeah, it was that, the one movie TBS had. That's how I've seen it many, many times, and it's sort of it's a little bit He Man. It's a little bit science fiction fantasy. It's a guy that can control. Does he control him or just talk to him? I think he's, they they like work together. He has got, he's got a couple little like rodents. He's got some kind of hawk. And I think he has like a tiger too, or some kind of some kind of panther. Yeah, he can communicate telepathically with animals, so and he can not... see through their eyes also. So it's kind of like Falcon and the and Captain America. Oh, so he so Beastmaster is the unifying thread between Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings. It's the missing link. It kind of is. He's Radagast the Brown. He and is. And he's a warg. He's a total warg. Like because Bran. yeah, God, that that is perfect. It is right in the middle of those two. So if if I have a choice between Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones, I'm choosing Beastmaster. Of course. Uh, and what was the question? Is it kick uh, ass? Get, the answer is yes. Get to the bottom of why. He oh looks, yeah. Why oh, he yeah. looks so much like Kevin Bacon? Um, because that was a time for handsome men. The '80s were were chock full of MacGyver looking guys that were all beautiful, had beautiful hair. They were guys that they all looked. Uh, 
10 years older than they actually were. <laughs> it wasn't. That was strange. It I'm was sure interesting. I'm sure absolutely shocked to find out how old MacGyver was when MacGyver was it on. It was. They, they had all taken some sort of quantum leap. That they <laughs> right. were the 20 year old men that looked easily 35. They looked 35. They all looked manly men. I know. It, it is shocking to go back and, and look at these guys and then look at their age and be like, wow, I'm five years older than this guy that looks like a man. Mm hmm. And yeah. I still look like some sort of chubby little baby. Just, I look yeah, like an oversized baby who now, who, yeah. now has, who now has crow's feet and laugh lines. Right. I'm like, still a baby. I'm an aging garbage pail kid, <laughs> and these guys were, were, looked like men at 25. We, so. <laughs> I just sorry. I was so furious. I just ripped my headphones out. We talked about this on the, uh, uh, what is it, Night of the Creeps? No, Creep Show. Creep Show, yeah. Because that was, that was just the look man and it's just like these days how every every like uh handsome male movie star has like weird side swept bangs and boyish looks and like well, the, jo the Jonas Brothers and every Justin man, Bieber every and man is now Ryan Gosling every man but back then every man was Kevin Bacon Kevin Bacon this Mark Singer Ted Danson yeah, MacGyver Ted, I know it's another perfect Ted Danson yeah perfect example Scott Bakula Tom Selleck They've all got those chins. They've all got those cleft, strong big, jaws. Big cleft chins. Yeah. Tons of chest hair. Gigantic heads. It Gigantic was. Gigantic heads. It was a great time. Big poofy hair. Yeah, I loved it, man. I can't. The 80s kicked ass. That's why. That's the answer. Yeah. We, I mean, I'd love to think of some more. I just watch anything from that time Michael frame. Douglas, anybody. Michael Douglas, absolutely. Michael Douglas is probably 25 years old in Romancing the Stone, <laughs> yeah. and he looks like your father. He's kind of the the model for all of them. Yeah, is get they said get me a Michael Douglas type. I want a guy with a big square head without the Michael Douglas salary. Yeah, that's get, what Mark Singer is. Yeah, it's it's the Kevin Bacon when you can't afford Kevin Bacon. God, he is he young young Mark Singer does have this Michael Douglas vibe. Even Mark Hamill. Uh, yes, he was boyish, even Mark but Hamill. He, he had that cleft chin that was well, so big. Well, even Harrison Ford. Yeah. Like, can you think of a more manly man than, than, than Indiana Jones? You know, and he's 30 years old. <laughs> I'm just going to Google 80s guy and see what I get. Well, I get the, the – well, this is all just parody stuff. I'm going to re refine this 80s handsome guy. All right. John Stamos. John Stamos, the first one? Okay, perfect. Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe, another one, another beautiful chin. Yeah, square, weird jaws, jutting, cleft chins. Gigantic heads, sloping brows, the dimples. Um, well, now it's just uh, uh, Don Johnson. Oh, God. Don D Johnson, of course. Don Johnson. Pierce Brosnan. Okay, yeah. Tom Selleck, of course. Stamos comes up over and over again. Richard Gere. Richard Gere was a little more... Yeah, it's your thinking man's hunk. Yeah, he's your thinking man's <laughs> hunk. <laughs> Uh, Tom, no, Tom Cruise doesn't fit in this. But even your funny game. man, even Steve Martin, think of him. Like, that's that was your your eighties young man, gray hair, dimpled chin, huge jaw, hairy, the hairiest chest you can imagine. Crazy board time. Okay, about halfway down. Well, there's no halfway on a Google search; it goes forever. I'm I'm pretty far into this Google image search, and there's Karamo Brown. Whoa, really? Yeah, he used to be friends with us. Now he's a big shot. Yeah. So okay, wow. I mean that's not a coincidence. No, absolutely, it definitely not. means something. All right, mm -hmm. okay, let's let's put that on the back burner now too. And yeah, let's move on. Moving on, uh, you sir, you're gonna have to speak up a bit. Flava, Flava, 
Flava what? Flava who? I Flava. Sorry, he's talking about some sort of flavor. Thirty thirty-one flavors. Flava Flav. Flavor Flav. Okay. Another handsome eighties guy. Yes. Eighties hunk. The kind of guy you want around when you want to know the time. What What was the? You're just saying his name. Anything other than that? That's it. He just yeah, just said his name. Flava he just Flav. yelled. Is are you Flava Flav? Because the only person that yells out Flava Flav is Flava Flav. It's Flava Flav. It's oh, Flavor. you're so far away. It's I Flava can't Flav. See. Flav. 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 All right. Yeah, boy. Okay. Shit. The question is: Did you watch Red Sonia in the last 14 days? The answer is yes. Because on Amazing. those on those like VH1 shows, do you remember? That what was it called? Was it called? I, I think it was. It's called the Celebrity Life or something. The Flavor of Love. But before that, they were on like a celebrity oh, show. The, they were on the Surreal Life together. Okay, Surreal Life, off, and yeah. then Flavor of Love. It was like a few. It was one of the weirdest times. It was like it, society took mushrooms as collectively. Because <laughs> uh-huh. we're in between like how great TV is now. TV now are, are basically movies. I mean, you want to stay home and watch some show on Netflix. Buy Netflix. It's as good as going to the theater. Absolutely. The 80s, lots of big, weird chin men. But this time in between, we had we had aging rap hype men dating giant German redheaded women. You know, I mean, we're going to we lived through the early 2000s and they feel like they were yesterday. Mm-hmm. I really feel like maybe 1999 to 2007 or 8 one of the worst times in pop culture. It was like history. growing pains. Yeah, it was. It was a nightmare time for like nothing is cool in that period. Was, you got your limp biscuit. Right. Every every logo looks like it's made out of brushed steel. <laughs> whether, yep. whether it's yep. for Doritos or the Spider Man movie, it was a night. And CGI was was not yet cool. It was like a nightmare time. Everything looks awful. You go back watch anything. The CGI is terrible. And there's actually three seasons of. These two gross, weird people making out, like yeah. that—that's all it was. Flavor of love, and so I, like I said, I just watched Red Sonia, one of my all-time favorite movies, and it holds up. It's amazingly, it, I mean, in in uh, like in my opinion, it holds up. But I would say in everyone else's, it doesn't. But I, I thought of Flavor Flav while watching it. Like this giant, beautiful woman barbarian woman is going to be making out with flavor Flav in 15 years and this is a, and she obviously has a type because before that she was with sylvester stallone mm-hmm. and uh football player mark gastineau who has a giant square white head <laughs> so what how would you characterize that type C- crazy people Does she no her type is those guys and then flavor Flav. <laughs> um well after that show she seems to have redeemed herself by appearing in 2008 on the reality show Ost Alt Mach Nu, or Noe maybe, Ost Alt Mach Noe. Uh, the theme of the show was Nielsen's attempt to look as young as her husband by undergoing plastic surgery. Oh no! Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that sounds, oh that's, that kind of makes my heart hurt. That's awful to hear. She did a show just doing plastic surgery on herself? Yeah, well, she probably had someone do it, but... Well, you know what I mean. Like, oh, Sean Penn. There's one of those '80s guys. He's the yeah, bad boy of '80s. Yeah, songs. bad boy. She had an affair with Sean Penn and Schwarzenegger. Because why not? I'm, you know, Public Enemy is awesome. Just as a footnote, if that's yeah. again, we're not sure what the question is besides someone just yelling "Flavor Flav," but yeah, Public Enemy holds up. Man. I've never. I need to have a. I need to watch Red Sonia and Beastmaster. 
Yeah. I've never seen it. I had a magazine as a child. Mm-hmm. Do I want to go here? Why not? I was a kid. I had a magazine with uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom on the cover. Okay. It was Harrison on the bridge with his machete. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was one of those, you're a kid, you can't go buy magazines. Yeah. So your dad brings you this. Oh, hey, I got you a little present, this dollar magazine I saw at the 7-Eleven when I was buying uh, Hostess Pies. So you just read that thing over and over and over again. Yes. I'm, I'm talking like four or five years old. Okay. Um, you know, looking at all the pictures, there's like ads in it for obscure VHS tapes and all these like sci-fi movie previews. Maybe it was Starlog, I don't know. But it had a feature on Red Sonja and Supergirl. Oh, I love, and, uh, I'd love i love to talk about the old Supergirl. And there, there was one other. I saw that in a theater. I haven't seen it. I, I, all these movies that I that I It's fa- kind of quality-wise on par with Red Zonia and Beastmaster. Yeah. So I would love – God, I would do a movie marathon of every one of these. For- and there's one other, and uh, and it just, it just it made quite an impression on me. Uh, no, I, I get it. I get you. It's It's interesting that – when you had a magazine or a comic book as a kid that you would like, I, I get them now and I'll read, read it once and throw it down. I would read comics 25 times, you know? Oh yeah. I was looking through giant size X-Men today and I had a re- reprint as a kid and, and just seeing the panels today was giving me straight up deja vu. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, I have looked at this panel so many times of Colossus yelling without his visor on or of Krakatoa, the mutant Island coming alive you know, it, it just was tripping me out, and I was like, I read this over and over and over and over. Yeah. And I that was the same. I would get Fangoria, like these type of magazines, or Starlog, and read them, oh, and just look at the pictures over. And I had one Fangoria for The Blob, the 87 oh, remake nice. of The Blob, and I would just look at these pictures of people melting <laughs> <laughs> and think of the stuff, you know? I found it. It's Starlog 83. Top story, Indiana Jones returns to raid the Temple of Doom. God, I would love that magazine. Right now. I'd read it right now. I'd quit the podcast. Meet, meet Indy's new co-raider, captivating Kate Capshaw, yep. who is one of the two Jar Jars in Temple of Doom. Yeah, wait till you hear her scream yeah. for 90 straight minutes. Yep. Lovely woman, though. She she yeah. took a picture of me and Steve. Uh, the Above the banner, Supergirl ready wait, for- Wait, what? Su- oh, yeah. When I met Steve, she took the picture. Is she Steven Spielberg's wife? Yeah. Still? Oh yeah. Oh, that's so that's, that's nice. That's, that's like heartwarming, 30, man. Years. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So I didn't know that. I, I was stammering over my words. Stephen put me at ease, and I said, "Can I get a picture?" And I was going to do the selfie thing, and Kate Capshaw says, "Want me to take it?" Wow. So she took it. It's a lovely photo. Uh, yeah, that, that's cool. I was very shocked and jealous. I can't believe it. It looks like your friends. It's like it doesn't even look <laughs> no, like a it's fan crazy. photo. Yeah. It looks like two buddies got together. We're wearing matching outfits. Colleagues. I mean, yeah. I think it's fair to say you're colleagues. He asked me. He's like, so what do you do? Uh, you like it? Like, I was like, okay, I'll leave you alone now. And he's just like chilling. Like, oh, what was your name again? Oh, wow. what do you do? Yeah. That's incredible. So Starlog. So above the, the banner, Supergirl ready for spectacular takeoff. Her special FX flight plan unveiled. So what? that's just okay. wires and a green screen, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a fan, a big Fan. Fan. That's where they – that was the breakthrough. That's like, all this you just need, isn't working. That's all fan. you need. It's all you need. It really is. V, the conclusion, not even the actors are sure. So that's like <laughs> – Okay. So V was – no, that's like lost. Like So it's like, the, it's like the Academy Awards. They had to rip open an envelope that had their script in it. Yeah. The final episode. Like how the script for the last episode of Lost was in a, a locked briefcase. Was it? 
and then they film ten different versions, so it doesn't. Yeah. Leak. So V was the lost of 1984. <laughs> I loved V as a kid. Holy shit! Doctor Who, the Daleks rampage in all new episodes. Was this the fourth Doctor? Who, it's, who's it's the, the Doctor by then? It's this is I, I know for a fact this is the Scarf Doctor with that, the curly hair. That's the fourth. Because the same way I enjoyed reading about Indiana Jones, and for reasons I didn't understand enjoyed looking at red sony and supergirl right I very much was repulsed by doctor who <laughs> he frightened me he gave me nightmares he made me very uncomfortable well he is a time lord he's not human right it makes, it makes sense yeah okay. fritz lieber a master of fantasy scans american fiction star trek 3 robin curtis signs on as the new mr savick uh, mr is in quotes that's what they call the. That's because that's just what they call the the, the rank, right? Yeah, the, yeah, like it's a female, but they're still called Mister. Yeah, the, the way they'd be called Sergeant or yeah, Chief or whatever. Yeah. Sheena, Jungle Epic with a feminist twist. I'm sure in 1984 that feminist <laughs> twist was really very progressive. Yeah, I'm sure we, we wouldn't <laughs> we'd just recognize it. Poster, Alien. Oh my God! This is the best magazine ever. Mm-hmm. I want this magazine right now. Well, it's five bucks on eBay. Oh man, sold! All right, well, I, while I pay for this, let's let's move on. Yeah. How many more of these? How many more we, questions are we taking? We only have we only have one left. That oh. We can see. Okay. Um. So it looks Make like make it good. It looks like everyone got a chance to to ask their question. Mm-hmm. Can you speak up? Speak up a little bit. Ooh, highbrow, okay. highbrow, the French New Wave. French New Wave. I'm gonna just nod and pretend I know what that means. Well, French I, new wave, wave. <laughs> as opposed to the French old wave. Yes, yes. What, what, what would you think the French old wave was? Uh, French old wave. Well, it's got. Th- we're talking about hairstyles, I'm assuming. So some kind of big bouffant hair and cigarettes. Cigarettes are involved. That that like helps the hair keep uh, keep up. Um, uh, we're Fr- talking about movies then, right? The French new wave, as I understand it. And uh, I, I went to school for this. Okay. So much like uh, getting that G.I. Joe toy in that magazine as a kid led me to this point. Right. My education, mm-hmm. my very valuable Bachelor of Arts degree, a lot of, has, yeah. has led me specifically to this uh, two-minute conversation I'm about to have with you. Oh, perfect. So after during World War II, which, of course, in Europe – raged on for a lot longer before and after the American involvement. Right. So we're like World War II, we think of it as like 41 to 45 or whatever. Which is why Europe has the episode of our TV show before us. Right. And after. That was part of the thing, actually. Yeah. Part of the Marshall, the rebuilding plan. <laughs> um, so like in France, like France got messed up in the 30s. And mm-hmm. then after the war, the Americans are like, all right, we're going home. We're all going to buy cars. We're going to build suburbs and invent them. Right. We're going to invent Disneyland. Of two and a half children. We're going to have two and a half children. We're going to invent sitcoms. We're going to wear white shirts. And we're going to start making children with big chins that will become famous in the 80s. Yep. We've got to make some men. <laughs> we got to go make some big chinned men. <laughs> and then France is like, well, or, or all of Europe's like, we're all blown to shit. <laughs> this sucks. Yeah. The war's over, but look at all this. So in France, they didn't get any movies for like 10 years or longer. Mm-hmm. Then things start getting back to normal. Then they get all the movies. So these bunch of, of, of uh, enfants terribles, mm. they, they spend all day in the movie theater. They watch every single Alfred Hitchcock movie in a row. Okay. They watch all these things. And they realize, 
wow, when you look at all these movies by the same filmmakers, you notice certain connecting threads and certain right. motifs and stuff. And that's the auteur theory, right? which, of course, okay. is like... Familiar yeah, thought. Yeah, everyone knows that now, but they're the ones who sort of discovered that. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a, a, a It's scene. basically just recognizing, like, oh, wow, this person's mentally ill. Yeah. Like, oh, Stanley Kubrick's insane, or whoever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, in every Alfred Hitchcock movie, there's uh, you know a, a shot of a staircase right. or, or this certain camera motion or, or whatever. So they had a zine called Cahier du Cinema, mm-hmm. and they became film critics. This is like uh, Godard, Truffaut, lots of other guys. This is kind of like the punk rock of cinema. This is the what's happening if, if you're thinking of cinema having a punk rock movement in the 60s. This is it. So they're noticing all these things. They love Alfred Hitchcock. They love uh, film noir and expressionism. Keep in mind, I'm reciting all this from something I learned many years ago, and I could be wrong. Well, I just or it could us. be inaccurate. Yeah. Okay, but um, so basically, there were critics, and they were kind of dicks about it. And so the the filmmaking elite said to them, "Okay, if you're so great, why don't you make some movies?" Mm-hmm. So then they did, and they became the most influential and greatest movies of all time. Okay, so Godard goes and makes Breathless. I watched it twice, and so the first time, this is 1960. First time, I'm like, I don't get it. The plot's kind of disjointed, and yeah. and. And like it's it's not really much going on. It's not that exciting. So then I watched it again once that initial impression was gone. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, this is really revolutionary. And if you watch any sort of modern, like Tarantino and all that, it's all influenced by this. Like he's doing these weird quick cuts, mm-hmm. um, kind of a disjointed plot, real jazzy music, handheld cameras, stuff that when you watch it now, you're so familiar with, it doesn't seem that exciting. But at the time, it was just blew everyone's mind. Yeah, and probably made everyone uncomfortable and pissed them off. And, right. And then Truffaut was a bit more sincere. Godard's kind of a, a one of those like, you know, cocky, mm-hmm. manly men. Truffaut, I think, is much more sincere and just just loved film. And he made Four Hundred Blows, uh, Jules et Jim, and then a movie I really love called Day for Night. That's just like, it's a movie that takes place over like two days where they're just trying to film a, a movie. So it's a love letter to the art of making cinema. Okay. And I know that sounds pretentious, but it's really nice. And it's like it's not like a, a real highbrow intellectual movie. It's just kind of a movie about two days on a film set. And it's a, it's a lovely film. I, I like the French New Wave. Okay, wow. Jules Agium is really good. You know that um, you know how like in so many movies they do a thing where there's action and then they freeze for a second mm-hmm. and then it continues? That goes back to uh, Truffaut, like invented that. Okay. And now you see it all the time. Oh, this is the perfect question, man, to, yeah, round, thanks, to round out the show. Thanks for asking me that, because who am I ever going to talk to about that stuff? What, what would I be an expert on? You're, you you sound real well, well-versed well on this, but I, like, what about someone who's well-versed on Beastmaster and the stuff and all these right. other movies? No, we, what we, is that called? Uh, that's called uh, the, the, uh, the 80s uh, pectoral age yeah. wave. I'm going to have to find out what that's called. Yeah, the American... Because we've hit, like, we between the two of us, we just... We just took down about four decades of movies, yeah, all at once. Yeah, you got you got the Conan, Red Sonia, Beastmaster, <laughs> the stuff. Are, are we going to get into uh, uh, the one with Rucker Howard and Matthew Broderick? Yes, I, I, I mean, think that's, so. Matthew Broderick, not an '80s hunk. Yeah, but if we're talking weird '80s fantasy movies, I watch I watched this documentary called uh, Electric Boogaloo. And it's pretty much it's it's about uh what is it called Golan Globus yeah and they're considered the worst movie studio of all time and every single movie 
were my favorite movies as a kid. <laughs> what I, what I are loved, some of those? Like the Death Wish films. Oh, yeah. A lot of the Toby Hooper movies, like Inva- uh, Invaders from Mars, uh, American Ninja series. What else was on there? It was like film after film where I was like uh, uh, King Solomon's Mines. Like, oh, yeah. Like it was just like, wow, I loved every one of these movies, like loved them. Um, so that's that's my area of expertise. <laughs> we uh, missing in action. Oh yeah, uh, Delta Force. What else? All the sequel. They they would get like sequels to really great movies and make really bad sequels that were, that I preferred over the originals. Oh, Lady Hawk is the Matthew Broderick one. Oh yeah, I loved Lady Hawk. That oh, was a great one. Oh, here's a an eighties fantasy movie that's near and dear to our hearts, starring a handsome guy. Okay, Krull. Oh God. Did, did we Highlander? We haven't even talked about. Highlander. We should. We should talk about Highlander. Le, uh, Legend, Dragon Slayer. I love Dragon Slayer. The first love Legend. First Disney produced film to have full frontal nudity. Oh wow, that's a Disney movie. It's from 1981. Uh, yeah, Legend, Willow. Yeah, Willow. Um, God, that Willow thing was tripping me out when we were talking about all his ideas that led into Willow. <laughs> yeah. God, that was that was insane. He was just testing him out. Yeah, just, just workshopping, piloting. Mm-hmm. And then he just had this kind of complete reboot. Like he just, like at that point in time, Ewok Adventures ceased to exist and he just makes Willow like no one's going to remember. It's weird. I, I thought about that because I've been reading Stephen King books and there's a lot of earlier ideas that come up later. Like Stephen King re- does that same sort of thing where he has an idea and he hasn't totally it hasn't formed in his mind but it's in his earlier books that's yeah. exactly like Ewok adventure to to Willow that makes sense like you're inexperienced and you're not quite as savvy and you're like shit that was a really good idea that I still like mm-hmm. and I blew it all right but uh, yeah wow we covered a lot of ground here the smog fest thank you so much all right. for coming yeah thanks for coming yeah, thank All you. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we will see you uh next week. I think we're gonna go. We got the we got the readathon coming up. We're yep. gonna be signing autographs on the other end zone. Mm-hmm. Um give us uh 10, 15 minutes to walk down there. Yeah, it's a it's a quite a walk, you know. Uh, so. if anyone has a pen that would help. We didn't we forgot to bring pens. And we don't really have any posters or merchandise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, uh, so if you have any that you brought that we can sell we would be very, like, thank you we'd appreciate if you could that bring, if you yeah. have like uh, posters or, or headshots yeah if you could leave a few extra for us that we could put on ebay mm-hmm. um, that'd be great and uh, right, it's a su- right. success thank you yeah thank you for a lot of fun 87 great episodes that's right cold tide <laughs>